So at what point did you separate sex from love? After my divorce. Also, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Because I was having sex, obviously, after my divorce. And I realized going back into the dating world that everybody that I met wasn't supposed to be a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. But before I got that lesson, not saying I was sleeping with everybody, but one or two <laughs> and I didn't love no them judgment. <laughs> and I didn't love them no judge but there was sex so I, I learned like a crash course in just casual sex makes perfect sense I think mm-hmm. I separated the two in probably my mid 20s hmm. no no probably yeah probably somewhere between 25 and 27 so before you got married no, I was extremely divorced. Well, I was extremely divorced. Uh, yeah, I was um, <laughs> almost divorced at that point. Like I was separated at twenty five. You were almost divorced. Yeah, I was married at twenty. Really? I never yeah. knew that. Stay tuned. You'll learn more. <laughs> yeah, I was married at twenty. So uh, by the time I got turned to twenty, I, that's why I, I said twenty five or twenty seven. It was somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And you know, at our current age, that mm-hmm. particular time just blends together. That's fair. So it could have been twenty seven. It could have been twenty eight. I don't know. I just remember mm-hmm. that time part of my life, but uh, I was already separated, and um, we was pretty much just living our own lives. So I couldn't have been twenty. It had to be like twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it happened because, as you said, I was having the sex. The sex. <laughs> I was having the sex, <laughs> and you know how how they they society tells guys: the more women you have sex with, the more Macho, you are oh yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's copyrighted. So shout out to Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace, actually. Rest in peace, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But I think that's when it happened, and then it became very. Um, I don't want to say desensitized mm-hmm. to where it didn't need emotions. It was just a physical act, such as like combing my hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But more on that later on in our following episodes. <laughs> um, so February is the month of love, and we're going to celebrate love today with this episode. And yeah, sex is love sometimes. I think sex is an, an expression of love, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not the end-all, be-all. I have loved people that I've never had sex with. Me too. And I've had sex with people that I don't love. Me too, me too. <laughs> but like, so my... so. I had, early on, I saw what love was through my parents. Mm-hmm. And I would go as far as to say is that as cliche and as corny as it may sound, my dad was really like the first man that I ever loved. And I can remember growing up, my mother would hate it. She would, um, I would rush to beat her at the door. As soon as I heard my father pull up, I would run wherever I was in the house to be the first person he saw at the door. And I just wanted like to hug him and how was your day? And, and at some point, you know, my mom was like, that's my husband. Like, what are you doing? But like, he was the epitome of love. I saw how he loved my mom. I saw how he loved, you know, his mother, his sisters, my aunts, my sister. And growing up, I knew, I didn't know what love was, but I knew daddy meant love. Does that make sense? It's your father. Yeah. And then um, I can remember like having little crushes, but like the first guy that I ever 
really felt like I loved was this, um, I'm not going to say names because we actually just reconnected, reconnected in a platonic way. Like we found each other online. That's what they all say. <laughs> no, he is. He is heavily married, has a beautiful family. And uh, he actually saw something on one of my stories or something, somebody tagged me or something. And he hit me up and was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in like 20 years. But um, we were in middle school, had the biggest crush on him. He dated one of my friends. No one knew I had a crush on him. And I just, I was... It's a real player move. <laughs> and I, I remember writing a little note to him and giving it to him, but then like walking away. And he was like, no wait, because we were friends. And then like, of course, you know, every girl's heartbreak, he read the note and was like, oh, that's so sweet. But you're my friend. And I was just like, wah, wah. So... Breaking news, Tasha got friends on in middle school. In middle school. So that was, I was shooting my shot before. It was popular. It was popular. It was a tagline. And that was probably the first and the last time I ever, like, put myself out there first. So it probably traumatized me now that I'm thinking about it. This is kind of therapeutic, actually. That's what they say. Talking (laughs) is therapeutic. So I've never really told somebody how I felt without having an inkling of how they felt about me first. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, middle school heartbreak. Playing it safe. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, and especially in middle school. Like, well, I know me. Like, I liked her today yeah, and tomorrow, but next week. Sade. See? Totally different person. But um, I would say the first person I would consider myself like, I love you, was probably this girl I was dating when I first got into the Army. I was probably like 19. Yeah, it's probably 19, 18, 19, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but her daddy didn't like me at all. Mm. Didn't even know me. Never met me a day in his life. But he didn't like the fact that I was dating his daughter and I was in the Army, even though he was in the Army. Because he knew. Because he knew. Can't <laughs> <Game laughs> recognize gang. Can't recognize gang, granddad. He's like, nah, don't do that. And he was like, nah, shorty, not my baby girl. <laughs> but, you know, I loved her to, like, yeah. Marvin Sapp said I would have lost it all. I cannot. Not quoting. Shout out to whoever that young lady is. Yeah. <laughs> is she amongst the clouds? What, what did we say? She in the clouds. She's in the clouds. What are the memories? I haven't talked to her in years. But um, but that was the first time. Like, and it Because it didn't feel like judgment. It felt very freeing to mm-hmm. love her. And then I met her when I was in training. And when you're in training, you can't be like fraternizing with the regular folk. Mm. But she used to always sneak because her father worked on base. So, and she worked at the beauty shop on base. So she would come down to where I live all the time and bring me like applesauce and stuff because I yeah, like applesauce. Apple. Okay. I really like applesauce. So, ladies, if you're interested, applesauce. Send me some applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it became like a real like freeing thing. And then I was getting ready to go to, um, Iraq my first time. And, uh, I was in, Colleen, Texas, and she was in El Paso. And I had bought her plane tickets to come see me before I went to Iraq. Oh, you were flying her out. Yeah. She was getting flewed out. Go she ahead. was, but her daddy wouldn't let her come. Dang. Even though she was like 21 was years grown. old. Yeah, but she still stayed at her daddy's house. And you know the rules. Yeah. So I end up, now the tickets was $472. Clearly traumatized because I remember this. To the <laughs> right, you remember the exact I end up leaving. Colleen from El Paso is only like a two-hour flight, but it's longer. It feels longer because it's a time change. It's an hour time change, even though both of them is in Texas. Texas is I don't know why. Right. So the day before I was getting ready to go to Iraq, I end up flying to El Paso, Texas. I saw her for four hours. Flew back 
to Killeen, Texas, and then flew out to go overseas. The cab ride to the airport was $100. Because mm. it was from Killeen to Austin. You loved her. I did. <laughs> and then the cab ride back was another $100. And then the tickets was $472. So that's $672 that I spent mm. for four hours. To see a girl. D- didn't even get to have the sex. Okay. Because, you know, you like, you like, I'm about to go to Iraq. This might be it for me. <laughs> no cap. This, this might be it. But you so, loved her. Right. And uh, went to the mall, ate at the mall, took pictures at the mall, then left. And then I don't think I saw her again after that. Like ever? Nope. What you mean? So, and this, this is where the heartbreak comes in. Mm-hmm. So we call ourselves dating when I was in Iraq. Mm. Talking, you know, woo, woo, woo. And, okay, let me paint the picture for y'all. This is in 2005. So going to Iraq was not the same thing as it is now. So stuff went as built up as it is now. Because, like, now it's more, it's better. It's better quality of living. Okay. So we used to have, like, this uh, trailer home. It was, like, a mobile home, but it was just telephones, pay phones. So people can call home. Mm -hmm. And they was only separated by uh, plywood. So you can hear everybody's conversation excuse me so i'm listening i'm on the phone chit-chatting with her and you can hear cats like i can't believe you did this to me dudes finding out their girl got pregnant by their homeboy or the girl left them and took all the money they got two dollars in the bank account wow. or they just been cheating and i'm like that'll go be me Mm-mm. my girl love me <laughs> goofy so later on i'm halfway through my deployment I'm on the phone with her and she's boohooing, boohooing, crying. She's like, Cliff, I cheated on you. I was like, oh, Yikes. guess that is going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear it. I process it. I was like, you know, I understand. I've been gone. I wasn't able to see you. Blase, making, rationalizing it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Boom. I was cool. We got over it. Still in my mm-hmm. deployment. Still in my deployment. Another phone call. Crying again. <laughs> crying again, girl. I was like, girl, what you crying for now? What's, what's happening? <laughs> She's like, I've been cheating on you. Emotionally cheating on me. Mm. That's when the heartbreak kicked in. Yeah. So that was my first major, like, she was a memory. After that. She, was, she was another memory. <laughs> Control, alt, delete. <laughs> and then fast forward. Talked to her when I got back to the States. Never seen her, like, since before I left Iraq because I was stationed somewhere else. And she was still... In El Paso. Mm-hmm. She ended up telling me she got, like, cozy with some dude. She was doing his hair, like, because she's a beautician. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the sex, but they got emotionally bonded. Mm-hmm. And she felt like she cheated on me because of that, which is true. Just putting that out there. Emotional cheating. Emotional cheating is, is real. Cheating. I feel like we're about to merge three episodes. Yeah, we're not, though. One. We're going to cut it off. Stay okay. tuned for another episode on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that was my first heartbreak with love. Like, you, I didn't have the... Uh, like you said, your appearance was the example. I didn't have that growing up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Maybe my cousin and her husband. She was she's obviously older than I am, and uh, they always seemed to have this fun relationship. And I felt like I needed that, and I, I'm pretty sure that's why. You know, thinking about it, that's why I had to get it from them because nobody else. Like my grandfather passed on when I was young, 11 years old, so I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Even what I remember about him and my grandmother's relationship. It was always very that really old school, I'm the man, don't ask me questions type of joint. 
But my cousin and her husband seemed like they always had fun and laughing. And he was always doing above and beyond. So uh, I think once I got grown, I needed that fun part of my relationship to feel like it was loving, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I've had it in one and a half relationships. Yeah. And a half. And okay. a half. Okay. It was questionable. Okay. But yeah, that was my first major heartbreak. And, and it, 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 I ain't gonna say it took me out, but it took me almost out. Yeah. You know, I was a young buck. You know, guys a little slow, so. Oh, you're slow though? Yeah, we're a little less mature. Like oh, a 19 year old woman yeah. is more mature than a 19 year old guy overall, not mm-hmm. specifically, but, um, so. Once the heartbreak happened with her, I was like, go ahead, get up out of here. <laughs> go ahead, get up out of here. Uh, but yeah, that was it, man. That was my first major love scene. Yeah, I think mine, my heartbreak, my biggest heartbreak, well, not biggest, but my first major heartbreak definitely came from my daughter's father. Um, I want to say obviously, but that's not obviously. I mean, I had boyfriends dated, you know. Um, my parents were super strict. So I kind of snuck and had boyfriends here and there. Mm. And then mm. Um, mm. <laughs> I dated um, this one guy. He was in college. And I was like a junior in high school. My parents hated him because he was in all, college. First of tech. You was a junior in high school dating a college boy. Yeah. College fellas, don't date high school girls. So what had happened was I worked at McDonald's. And the college was like not far where his, where he lived wasn't far. And I met him through the drive-thru. So he would like, would come every day. And then one day, um, he just like gave me his phone number. Listen, he, you know, he was interested, but he was like, he wasn't that much older. Like, I think he was like his first year. I mean, it was his first year of college, but I was still very much like 16. My parents hated him. Um, but then also we dated for a little bit and then, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but, um, dated him for a little bit and then I dated his roommate, like not long after that. So let's recap. <laughs> Tasha got friend zoned yeah. in middle school. Then I came back as a savage. Got to high school and was like, you know what? <laughs> F all these rules. You and your friends. Hey, sometimes yeah. it's like that. Yeah, but I didn't, you know, it, it was very casual. Didn't love him. Didn't take him to the prom. Nothing like that. But then when I met my daughter's father, I really loved him. And I thought that we would be together forever. Um, honestly, that's why I had the baby, which probably morbid to say, but like I I had her for him, if that makes sense. It happens all the time. Yeah. She wasn't planned. I joke with her. She's 18 now. So I joke with her all the time and tell her she was a pullout baby. I probably oh. <laughs> That's encouraging. <laughs> When she got older, she hates when I say that. Like, you were oops, like my bad. Kanye said you're my favorite accident. Yeah, she Your like, mama had a fatty. Okay. Kanye, I didn't, Kanye said that, but that's how it goes. To be fair, like, that's that's how it was, you know, and I love her. And I'm glad, like, you know, I guess. But she, um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to, you know, keep the pregnancy. I was very prepared to not. But he was like, I love you. I want to make this work. And then a year later, we were um, broken up. But um, yeah, she was. You had I, to pull out. <laughs> I literally, I was the pullout that worked. Bad <laughs> joke. Like, That's I'm, funny. I'm gonna hit on a body. I had to go. But yeah, like I loved him, and he was. I was in love with him. I did everything for him. I made a lot of stupid mistakes for him. That's what love do. Yeah, you know, lease an apartment in my name and. 
help pay his bills. <laughs> I did because as women, we want to like help and we want to like support. Um, but while I was helping him, he was helping himself to other women. To other women. <laughs> so let's recap again. <laughs> we went from the friend zone yeah. to savage tree. Mm-hmm. Then you got okie doke. Pretty much. Yeah. That's called life. Because <laughs> life be life. In, life yes. be life, in, man. That's yeah. uh, pa- uh, was it patent trademark pending? Life be life. In? Yeah, trademark pending. T-shirts should be out in the t-shirts yeah. be out in the spring. So that's the crazy thing about love. It's the most rational, irrational thing yeah. ever. Like, and I think that's what people go wrong. They try to rationalize love. Yeah, because there was nothing wrong with you doing any of that stuff. The only thing that was wrong with it, it wasn't being reciprocated. That amount mm-hmm. of love and care wasn't being reciprocated. People do stuff all the time because they love somebody. Mm-hmm. I let that girl cheat on me twice. Like, and I'm Cliff. Exactly. Exactly. Should have dropped her the first time. The, quick, fast, and <laughs> in a hurry. So I tell my son now, one and done, son. Yeah, one I agree. So I feel like, again, I don't want to dive into another topic. Stay tuned. But I think with love, we build up a tolerance for things. A hundred percent. And it's like with things like that, you loved her. So you was like, all right, I'm going to let you have this one. You know, again, you know, with my, one of the exes, my daughter's father, like, I knew he was cheating, but it was like, I loved him and I wanted to make it work. So I did what I could to see past that. And even, I mean, even in my marriage, like once, you know, the first, you know, moment of infidelity happened, I wanted to, I stayed because I wanted to make it work, Um, which again is a whole nother. Another episode. I'm sorry. (laughs) Another episode. But love will have you, it's it's so like, it's such a roller coaster. Like it'll Mm -hmm. have you feeling the best you've ever felt, but at the same time, it'll have you feeling like. I will drive to your house and put sugar in your tank. Like, you know what I mean? Like, love will really make you feel like you're crazy. Because it's the most irrational, irrational (laughs) thing ever. It's those hormones and it's the feelings. Um, Yeah. So when was the first time you really felt you were in love with somebody? And don't say the girl from from the army. Yeah, it was. You you were in love with her? To to death. Like... Oh. Like I was all in. She, like I said, she lived in El Paso, and I was ready to move from Chicago. To yeah. Al- and I don't know if y'all ever been to El Paso, Texas. It ain't nothing. You paid six hundred and seventy-two dollars to did. go to the mall. To go you to were the mall. In love. <laughs> to go to the mall. How did you know you were in love? It just felt like I. I thought about her all the time. I wanted to do stuff in my life that include. Like I wanted stuff in my life to include her. Mm-hmm. You know, pause. Before we continue the podcast, being that it's Black History Month, we're going to highlight a few Black owned businesses. Okay, first up, we have Zania Handmade Designs. They offer handmade jewelry, apparel, and customizable items. They recently launched their brand of faith based apparel called Rename. You can find them at www.zaniahd.com. That's www.zinniahd.com. They're also on Instagram and Facebook at ZaniaHD. Next up, we have Body, Beauty, and Brow Studio. Body, Beauty, and Brow Studio is a private upscale cosmetic tattoo and brow studio located in the heart of downtown Towson. Their dedication is not only based on creating beautiful artistry, but also an exceptional client-focused experience. 
They want to make sure from the moment you arrive, your experience is as unique and memorable as you are. Their mission is to bring the freshest ideas, techniques, and glamorous trends while delivering natural and beautiful results. They can be found at www.bodybeautybrow.com and on Instagram at at bodybeautybrow. And lastly, we have Dessert Beauty and Cosmetics. They are a handmade soap and body beauty bakery specializing in mild and gentle skincare for the entire family. They have bath bombs, bar soaps, whipped cream soap, shower gels, hand soaps, whipped body butter, and my favorite, the candles, especially the tea and cake and smoked vanilla scents. They are located in the White Marsh Mall, located at 8200 Perry Hall Boulevard. They can also be found at www.etsy.com backslash Dessert Beauty and on all social media platforms at Dessert Beauty and Cosmetics. Now remember to support all your Black-owned businesses that was highlighted in today's episode. All the information can be found in the description of the episode. Now back to the podcast. That's how I see it now. Back then, I think I was just like, this is it. She was sweet. She was something different from what I was used to. Mm-hmm. And she was naturally a very kind person and a very sweet and thoughtful person. And I, I didn't have that. Like, I don't, I didn't feel like I had that in that particular realm of romantic, romantic love. Mm-hmm. There's no other word for that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I fell in love with how much she cared about me. Do you think it varies from person to person or like for Cliff to be in love, it's ABC or it varies, it's variable to the person? I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. And I think that's what people go wrong at. They try to box in love. And uh, obviously when we, uh, being young, we try to mimic. We look to mimic what we saw growing up, how we articulated love growing up. But yeah, love is so unique. So um, like there's certain things I have to hit on. But like you said, when you start feeling the person, there's a tolerance that's built up as in the dating stage and stuff get looked past when you start calling yourself in love with this person. So like um, her father, the way her father felt, that was a problem. And I knew from Jump Street it was going to be a problem. But I just thought because her mother, totally different. Her mother was total opposite. Her mother, me, her mother, I liked her mother and she liked me. Sisters, all that. But her father was not going well, that's normal though. Mamas are normally easier but with the with the girls. It felt unfair though. Like, come on, bro. You with your wife and you in the army. You don't you don't know me, bro. You ain't never met me. I understand if you met me, we talk and you wasn't rocking. I can respect that. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a whole move. You don't like me before you even met me simply based on my occupation and we share the same occupation. Like we literally shared the same occupation. Within the army. Within the army, we had the same job. We were stationed at the same base, all that stuff. And you don't like me too because I was in the army. So now, like, again, this is just me. I hope he hears this and feels guilty. Wow. Because <laughs> his daughter life could have been completely different. Oh, okay. You know, it could have been completely different. She could have been happily. I don't know what she is now because I haven't talked to her. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of this conversation, she's not happy. Okay. That's so fair. she could have been happy. She could have been happy. And living her best life. Mm-hmm. But no, her daddy got in her way. Okay. You should thank Uh, your pops for not getting in your way. Well, so here's the thing. Sometimes I wish he would have gotten in my way. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a balance. <laughs> it is. Like, so for me, I got married because, you know, like- That you, sounds like another episode, too. What? I got married because- Absolutely. So should I not finish that sentence? Nope. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> so- Stay tuned. So let me ask you, how did you know you was in love with your uh, daughter's father? Oh, because, so looking back, I don't think I was in love with him, but in the, but in that moment I was in love with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because based on your age and your right. thought So process. with him, um, he made me feel like wanted, if that makes sense, like needed. And as a woman, like I'm a natural caretaker. So he was in not the best situation. And I was able to give him refuge, if that makes sense. So I was able to like, what is his face? No, I'm just listening. I'll say what I must. So I was, I was, so like for us, like we were young, like he just, I was just there for him. You know what I mean? And like, he was always with my family. He was always there. So he just felt like he fit in my family. If, if that makes sense. He he just fit. And then, like I said, I was able to like help him get from a bad situation. I was able, I was always able to help him. And, and that's why I say like, looking back, I don't think I ever was really in love with him, but I loved him. Now my ex-husband, I was absolutely in love with him. I'll never forget the moment when I knew I was in love with him. Would you like to hear that story? Sure. Okay. It's so <laughs> what happened was we were uh we were dating and we went to a market because it was like a snowstorm. It was about to be a snowstorm or whatever. So he actually came, picked me up, took me to the market so we could do like the, you know, the snowstorm. Yeah, because y'all overreact here. But yeah, no. that's another conversation for another day. So um I currently have braces at the time. I did not have braces. So my teeth, I was a shark. And I had like a lot of teeth in my mouth. And I've had guys um, tell me like, just, well, I've had guys, boys are mean. So I've had boys tell me like, don't like show your teeth when you smile because I had like messed up teeth. So I had learned not to smile with my mouth open. So we were talking, we're walking down um, an aisle and he said to me, he said, you have such a pretty smile. And I was like, no, I don't. Like instantly, I was like, no, I don't. And he was like, yes, you do. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he goes into talk about like how when I smile, because I'm trying to hide my teeth, he was like, well, your, you know, your lips, like the, your cheeks curl up and your eyes do this. And he was like pointing out little things in my face that had nothing to do with my teeth. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like it was almost like because he paid me so much attention and he made me feel good about the biggest thing that I was insecure about. And at that moment I was like, Oh my God, like that's so sweet. And then he like encouraged me like, well, why do you not show your teeth? And why do you not that? And it's beautiful. And da da da. da. he just brought out, like, he made me feel secure about my biggest insecurity. And I've never had that beyond my father. You know what the books say. What does the book say? Love has multitudes of parts. <laughs> so because he did that, it took me back to my dad who always like made me and my sister feel like we were the prettiest girls in the world. And we were like the best thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? So it was like, for me, it was like, oh my God, like this is it. Like I love him. Like, you know what I mean? We'd have been dating and it just, it just went 
it went up from there. And that's crazy that you said that. That's the seeking the mimic. It mimics. Exactly. Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he would do like other things, you know, like he would just do other sweet things. Like he missed my first birthday um, because he was talking to another girl whose birthday was like a week after mine. And, you know, real talk, he could only afford to take one of us out. So he took out, he chose the girl that he had been talking to longer, but I was fine with it. And then like, um, it's a real player movie. That was October. And then February for like Valentine's day, he takes me out because he's not talking to her anymore. And he, I open up the card and it's a birthday card. And I'm like, um, I was very confused. And in the card was this long handwritten monologue about how like, he was so sorry he missed my birthday. And if he'd have known now what he knew then, I mean, he, he had, he had, uh, so I'm in a carpet tunnel, <laughs> writing hand notes. <laughs> Stay tuned for another episode of the no prelude podcast. So you can see what happens to the rest of that story. Right. Cause it starts out real good. So if you <laughs> and I don't stop don't. cause I'm divorced. Say- <laughs> Save those. Save those eyes. But it was so sweet. And he constantly did things. And this is the last, this is the last thing, because we're not gonna give him too much credit. This is the last thing. Um I had always talked about wanting to see a Broadway show. And he bought me two tickets to see The Lion King when they were in town. But the tickets weren't for me and him. They were for me and my sister. And if you know me, one of the closest people that I am in this world to is my sister. So it was just like, you bought these expensive tickets and you're not even going. So it's like things like that, like just making me feel like safe and secure. And it was, it was the sparkle and the security. So for me to be in love, sparkle and security, like I need both of those things. And that's what he gave me. But again, it's don't, don't want on. Don't <laughs> don't oh if that's what you're doing right now, stop it. So since it is February and whatnot, I hope y'all out there celebrating love all the time. And don't make it a day thing, like a specific day thing. It needs to be celebrated every day because you never know when it's your last day. That's right. So you just need to make sure the person you call yourself loving knows that you love them and whatnot. But a little acknowledgement never hurts though. Facts. Buy them uh Broadway tickets to see the line game you might go. <laughs> That's funny, man. But how how you think, like, you ever taken the love language test? Yes. You know, we love tests on this show. <laughs> we love tests. Uh, my top one was physical touch. That was my mm-hmm. top one. And it, obviously it's because I, I don't think I got hugged enough probably growing up. My grandfather, I grew up with my grandparents. Mm. And my grandfather was probably 60, 70. Mm. So he was that real old school. Hey, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never like my name is Clifford C L I F F O R D. My grandfather used to yell my name and call me Clifford all the time. <laughs> I used to be like, "Who? Who is he talking to?" I'm your grandson. Like, no. you don't know my name, bro. <laughs> it's two Fs, but no you, P's. But you came though. Oh uh, yeah, because it would be in furniture moving <laughs> if I didn't come. So my grandfather was really like, I'm not saying he was too tough, but he was that really old school parental figure, like. You need to learn this, this, and this, 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 and this. I'm not going to hug you. You shouldn't be crying. None mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. So that's how I grew up. So then, um, like I said, I didn't get hugs. Like I got obviously got hugs, but you know, I don't know if, what enough is, mm-hmm. but obviously it wasn't enough. So now I'm not going to say my end all be all is physical touch, but it plays an important part. 
So like I've tried to do like long distance relationships. Not for me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not for me because I miss you miss the random moments in a relationship. Yeah. Like, what you doing? It's Tuesday at 337. What you doing? Nothing? All right, I'm on my way. Say less. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how do you think you interpret love now? Like, no, let's not. Yeah, let's go and interpret. You didn't ask me about my love language. That's what I was asking. Like, what is your, that would be your interpretation. Okay, great. So I used to say. Y'all see I was, how she act? Because I, I was confused. I was like, I, I, I would like to share my love language. So I used to always say, it's all of them. Like, I'm all of them. And then someone else in the room, we, I won't point fingers, um, said that I can't be all of them. But I took the test again. And the top four, literally, they're like percentages apart. So it's like 21%. Like, literally, they're so close. So I stand by the fact. Did I say that? You did. Oh, wow. So the one at the bottom actually is um, gift giving, which is funny because I like gifts. But I'm also like, I can can buy my own stuff. Um, But all the other ones. So the top one is quality time. And then all the other ones, you know, physical touch, all that other stuff. But they're very close. But... I enjoy time because I like learning. And I also feel like love for me comes through learning a person. Listen, that's the only answer right there. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm if i with you, then I can learn you and you can learn me because like for love, you need to know who I am to love me correctly and vice what, versa. What you always say? To know me? Is to love me? Is to love me. <laughs> Let me clarify this. I, I shouldn't have said you can't be all of them, but I feel like certain things outweigh other things. Yeah, but before that's what I should have said. So, a off con- a off air conversation. You said Tasha, you, you can't be all of them. End quote. I don't think that's true. Oh, look at that! <laughs> wow, it might be true. It sounds like something I would say. Uh, but th- I, again, that was wrong for me to say. I appreciate that. And uh, I should have said, like I said, I should have said. I think certain ones outweigh other ones. Yeah, like physical touch outweighs. Give giving for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you said quality time is one. So let's give a, let us give y'all some advice right here. Who you start dating and loving on day one is not who you're going to be loving on day 637. It's very true. During them, when I said 637, during them 636 days, they have changed and evolved. So if you don't constantly continue to try to learn your person, you're going to, bars, you're going to lose your person. That's actually really good. Let me, I write, know. Let me write that down. I heard it before I even said it. <laughs> Say that one more time. If you don't continue to learn your person, you will lose your person. That's a bar. Shirt coming soon. Um, so you have to continue to grow and learn these people every single day. Because we always talk about this offline. Every day you wake up, you have to choose to love. You know what I'm saying? You have to choose to love this person today. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't, like, I don't think you wake up and fall out of love, just like you don't wake up and fall in love. Yeah. It is a process. And the day you fall out of love is the day you choose not to love. You know what I'm saying? So love is so unique. And we spend so much time trying to base it like the movies or our parents or our cousins' relationships or our friends' relationships that we often forget that, like, who you are is not who they are. Mm-hmm. Who I am is not who he is. So we have to take the time and understand each other. And if it don't work out, it don't work out. But if it do, that's because y'all took the time and figured it out. Hey, that was a bar. That was so good. You're flowing today, friend. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. You're doing 
doing a good job. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. So to piggyback off of that, I I stayed married because again, going back to my parents, my parents got married when they were eighteen. High school sweethearts have been married ever since. They know nobody else but each other. And for me, I wanted that, and I wanted that for my children. And then when I started to have to fight for it, it was like, okay, you got to fight for it. But then when I felt like I was losing the fight and I was losing myself within the fight, I had to let it go. Like they say, like, you know, staying is hard, but letting go is harder. It was so hard for me to let go because it was bigger than me being divorced. It was, you know, there was a part of me that carried guilt. Like I've let my parents down. Mm -hmm. I've let my family down. You You abandoned your beliefs. Right. Like my parents worked so hard to raise us in this like fear of God and love and peace. And and we're not, we, we weren't perfect. We weren't rich. We were a regular middle-class family, you know, but we had the vacations. We had, you know, the big holidays and I'd already felt like I got pregnant outside of marriage. So it was already like, well, I can't be the unwed mother and the divorcee like Jesus. But it was, but I carried that weight because growing up in the apostolic church, that was already a strike against me. And, you know, we got through that. And then it was like, oh, I kind of redeemed myself because I was married. And then I was married to a preacher. So I like, I had the big joke like, Stay tuned for another episode of <laughs> But I saw, talking about the mimicking, I I saw that love. My parents are still in love to this day. My my dad still buys my mother's, Very true. you know, random things. You've, you've seen it. My, my father still makes my mother blush. Thank you. After Thank 44 you. Okay. years. Listen. They're going to kill me if I get this wrong. 44 years of marriage. He still, makes, he still makes her blush. And that's what I want. And I can still have that. You know what I mean? After, when I got divorced, I felt like my one shot was over. And I, I remember telling my girlfriend, I was so depressed after my divorce because I felt like I experienced love once. Who's to say I'll ever get that again? And for a while, that's what I felt like. I felt like God gave me this incredible love one time. And there are people, I have girlfriends that have never been married. That have never, you know, been in love per se. And here I am trying to get husband number two, and they ain't had the first one. So hey, hang on, undo you. <laughs> but I felt like, let me just, you know, wait my turn. And I still, you know, there's sometimes I feel like if I never get married again, I had love. But then it's like, I don't know, like, can lightning strike twice in the same spot? But okay, so that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be the same thing. Right. No, no. Now I know that. But when I first got divorced, that was my, that was one of the factors that caused me to go into the depression that I was in. Because that's what I was thinking. Now, being older, being more mature. And wiser. I I started to, I, when I first started dating, I was looking for the spark. And then Mm -hmm. when I found the spark, the problem with sparks is they fizzle. They fizzle out. They don't, they don't stay long. So preacher. You know, I didn't come to preach. Hey, come on, somebody. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, once the spark fizzled out, then I was always searching for that next spark. And then I had to sit with myself and realize it's not about the spark. Like the spark will come. It's about other things, which is what I've, I've learned. And that also comes from learning me because mm-hmm. I am not the same Tasha I was 20 years ago, 15 years ago when I first got married. I'm a whole different person. And I can't expect someone to love me. If I don't love me or I don't know who I am to love the new me. 
Mm-hmm. That's which, a big fact. Which goes to your point of learning the person and evolving with the person. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not both evolving together, then you're just always going to be growing apart. And then you'll go to the next person and then you'll grow apart from that person and you just be growing apart from everybody you're with. You know, it's funny how, like, those are all valid, very valid, valid points. In the army, we, um, they kick people out the army and they use this code. I can't remember what the code is, but it stands for failure to adapt. And mm. I, I know, right? That's good. You I see, see where you're going. You I see, I see where you're going with that. That's good. You see what I did there. And that goes to your point of growing and evolving with the person. Mm. It's a, that's just not even just love, but that's life in general. If you fail to adapt, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Or it's going to cause strife in your relationships with different people. It's like you said, you're not the same Tasha from two years ago, yep. let alone 20 some odd years ago. Heavy what? on the twenty some odd. I was like, "Whoa!" That's- <laughs> I'm just saying. I did the math. <laughs> I did the math. And there's a quote that says, um, "Things that don't change die." Mm-hmm. So it's like evolution is is not a bad thing. And it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's in everything. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's a whole nother show. Hey, come on, somebody. Okay. I was like, this a is a really show. good conversation. So yeah, before we uh, get out of here. Yeah. You got any uh, tips for love? Tasha, tips for love. <laughs> Pull out. For, tip number one. Pull out. Pull out. <laughs> Pull out, baby. Or. That's funny. Pull out or be prepared. One of the two. One of the two. You either pull out or pull out your wallet. <laughs> so what's Tasha tips for love? Um, I would say to just be patient with love. Um, love takes time, but also to be open to love. I know one of my biggest challenges after divorce is I'm very guarded, even even now, because the moment I because I have a big heart and I love hard and I love big. And there are people that I have opened myself up to and not like physically, but like emotionally that have taken advantage of it. And then I just kind of close myself back up. So I think it's OK to be guarded, but. Not to be so guarded where you don't give yourself a chance. And love is love is pain. Like there, there's a chance that you take when you love someone or want to open yourself up to love to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But that's a chance that we all have to take. It's better so. than, what is it? What's the saying? Is it better to love and lose it? Or is lose it better it to love? love and lost than never to have loved at all? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. So those were Tasha tips for love. <laughs> And we want to thank y'all for listening to the No Prelude Podcast. Follow us on all our social medias at No Prelude Podcast. That's one word. You can also find us on Google, Spotify, and Apple. You can email us at noprelubepodcast at gmail.com. Don't know who still emails, but if you do, we love you. And we'll answer. And we will answer. And happy Black History Month. That's right. Very much so. I love being black. (laughs) (laughs) We're cool. So that's it. You got anything else? Um, No, that's it. Just thanks for listening. And shout out to my mama. Yeah. And um, shout out to everyone who took the uh, the toxic the trait toxic test. <laughs> I got so many screenshots and text <laughs> messages like, girl. So, yeah, we all toxic, but we're going to get it together. None of my friends responded like that. That they took the test? No, with the girl. Oh, I would hope not. Yeah, I was trying not to be odd. Did they say boy? No. no. Okay. They was just like, yo. They was like, bruh. Oh, bruh. I don't know bruh. how men talk, but yeah. Yeah. We don't know. 
Bro. Yeah. So that's it, man. We out. Love y'all. Bye. Stay black.